Your attention, please. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Salagadula, metricabula, Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Disney Addicted Podcast. As always, I am Brian, and this is show number seven. I hope you guys had a good week. I'm having a pretty good week. I think I'm finally starting to kick this cold and get moving on and feeling healthy, and I've been looking forward to this show because we are going to talk about Rafiki's Planet Watch closing at Animal Kingdom, what I feel is going to replace it. A new place in the Magic Kingdom has breakfast, which, you know, I'm always excited about. And I'm also going to go over my top five throw rides in all of Disney. And I'm going to give you a scream-a-meter to go with it. So if you're tentative about going on some of these throw rides, maybe we'll give you a level of what you're comfortable with. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. In the news this week, the Plaza Restaurant on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom is going to start serving breakfast on November 4th. Some of the choices are like an all-American breakfast, eggs, bacon, breakfast potatoes, that sort of thing, a lobster eggs benedict, and of course you gotta have Mickey waffles. Now the price is gonna be between 15 and $35 per person. I am excited to try this out. I obviously can't give you a review, it hasn't opened yet, but I'm expecting good things from the Plaza restaurant. If it's anything like their Philly cheesesteak that they normally have for lunch, I am excited and I'm ready to go check this out. Next in the news, Disney has finally announced the dates for the Flower and Garden Festival, which is gonna be running from March 6th till June 3rd. Now, if you've never checked this out, I highly recommend it. Uh, It's themed topiaries and outdoor kitchens, some great food, and there's also the Garden Rocks music acts, which people kind of make fun of because they're kind of obscure music acts, but they're always fun even just to walk by and hear these kind of sometimes iconic songs from sometimes a one-hit wonder or whatever, but it's great to hear them, and it's, it's awesome to hear the music reverberate around World Showcase. And the food is awesome. It's almost like a mini food and wine now, really, when you go and check it out. And the topiaries are beautiful, from Snow White to Beauty and the Beast. We always have a great time walking around and checking these out. And it's a great picture opportunity with some of these topiaries. They're just beautiful. And last in the news this week, a sad story for some people. It's kind of a beloved little land at Animal Kingdom. Cast members were told on October 21st that Rafiki's Planet Watch at Disney's Animal Kingdom is going to be closing. Now, there's no news on what will become of this land, but I can tell you my speculation. And I'd like, you know, in the comments, let me know if you agree with this or you think I'm way off base. But when I think of Animal Kingdom and it's Africa right there and just on the outskirts of Africa, what would you guys think if it turned into Wakanda? Now, I know they'd have to replace the train because there's no way with the foot traffic coming in and out of a Wakanda new land. But boy, does that kind of make sense. And you could create this little area. Maybe you have a real Panthers back there. I I think it would be a good move. I would really look forward to it. And I believe Disney would be able to do it even with the agreement with Universal about their Marvel characters. So let me know what you guys think in the comments. I think that would be a great fit there and I'd really be excited. But it'll be interesting to see what they do choose to put there where Rafiki's Planet Watch is. I am sad to see it go. I love the veterinary area there. 
I loved getting on the train and going to this little area where you could kind of relax and not be in the huge uh, crowds of the park. But I trust Disney, and I think they'll do a good job whatever they decide to put there. Hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. You sit down on the ride vehicle, and you start to feel the lap restraint tighten. Maybe your pulse goes a little bit quicker, and maybe you're wondering if this is really a good idea. But before you know it, you are lost in the theming, and you are immersed in this new world as you get thrilled and scream, and you leave there feeling more energized and better. That is Disney's goal, and that's what I think these next five attractions really do. So I hope you enjoy it. Our number five thrill ride is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disney's California Adventure. Now this opened as the Tower of Terror on May 5th, 2004, in a way to kind of save DCA. Disney's California Adventure Park was just tanking, and they needed something to get these people into the park. Now it's a drop tower dark ride, and it was when it opened themed as like old Hollywood, like a fictional Hollywood Tower Hotel. But then Joe Rody got a hold of it and refurbished it to Guardians of the Galaxy on, in uh, May of 2017. It's the first American Marvel themed Disney attraction. And boy, is this a great ride. The ride takes you to the Collector's Fortress where Rocket is breaking out the Guardians from the collection. And this is a pretty thrilling ride that shoots you up and yanks you down faster than gravity would. So on the Screamometer, I'd give it about a 4. If you have little kids that really like rides but aren't so much into the roller coasters or thrill rides, I would keep them out of this one. Definitely let them walk through the queue and check out the Rocket animatronic. It is really a plus to this ride. Anything Joe Rody touches right now is just fire. The guy has a way of telling a story with these attractions that's just unparalleled, and I think you guys will enjoy it. And number four, continuing the theme of Joe Rody attractions, is Expedition Everest at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now, this was built for $100 million on April 7th, 2006, and it is the tallest Disney attraction by a half a foot. Now, if you've never been on Expedition Everest, at least go through the queue if you don't want to go on the ride. The queue tells an amazing story where you start off at this fictional travel agency, Himalayan Escapes. You go through these temples with statues of sacred yetis and finally ending in a yeti museum with more than 8,000 artifacts. You start believing this yeti is real before you get on the train. Now, you hop on this train from a fictional town of Circazong to the base camp of Everest. You know, and disaster ensues with a furious Yeti wreaking havoc, tearing up parts of the track. And there is an 80-foot drop and a part where you go backwards. So it is pretty thrilling. What makes this ride, if this was just an outdoor roller coaster, it's not anywhere near the ride it is. The theming and also the Yeti animatronic. Now, I understand the Yeti animatronic is technically not working right now, and they call it the Disco Yeti, but Joe Rody has promised to fix this. They call it the Disco Yeti because there's just a flashing kind of disco light on it that simulates movement. The reason they had to do that is the Yeti was actually starting to crack the, the basement, started to crack the structure of this ride. It was so powerful and so big. 
Now, I don't know what the fix is to that, but it's going to be a long, lengthy refurbishment when they do decide to finally fix this. Like I said, he has promised to do it, and now that Pandora is done, I assume this is going to be the, you know, the next item on their list, and I'm looking forward to what they can do with it. Now, on the Screamometer, I'm going to give Everest a 3. Now, maybe it's a 3.5. But I do think that if your kid does love rides and loves coasters, there's not too much added to this as far as theming-wise that would really freak them out, especially if they close their eyes during the Yeti part. And I think little kids can really enjoy this, but only if they really like Thrill Ride. And our number three Thrill Ride is the Rockin' Roller Coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now this opened up on July 29th, 1999 in collaboration with Aerosmith, and it is an inside launch coaster. And now it is really rocking and rolling. It goes 57 miles per hour in 2.8 seconds. That is fast. I don't care who you are. Now the story is that basically Steven Tyler wants you to go to their next concert with them when you find him in his recording studio. But you don't have time to get there so they need to send you in this super fast stretched limo. Now you, the queue is good too. It tells a good story. You go through G-Force Records. They kind of built a... a, a recording studio record company area that you walk through it has some nice posters on there um this has some inversions and corkscrews and some neon road signs as you're going through but the best part is that it's accompanied by well maybe it's the best part if you like aerosmith but it's accompanied by some of their famous music with 120 speakers blaring it per train as you're going through now, the end, you're greeted with a red carpet in a VIP backstage area, or otherwise a gift shop, right? This is Disney. Now, as far as a screamometer, I'm giving this a five. This is right up there at one of the most thrilling rides Disney has ever created. So unless you are a top throw ride seeker, I wouldn't go on this ride. But if you are, and you do love Aerosmith, this is definitely the ride for you. And our number two throw ride is in the Magic Kingdom, and it is Splash mountain now the imagineer dick nunes had the idea to bring a log ride into disney parks everyone kind of looked at him and said eh, everybody else is doing this but he went to imagineer tony baxter and said i can do this different now this opened up in 89 in disneyland and 92 in disney world now you go 40 miles an hour down a 50 foot drop and it is, this ride is full of theming and animatronics. There's 103 animatronics in Disneyland, but only 68 in Orlando. But you wouldn't think that. I've been on both rides. They both feel full of animatronics with great scenes that tell an amazing story. Now, you follow Br'er Rabbit being captured and thrown into a briar patch by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. And, you know, it turns out they all have, you know, a zippity-doo-dah day and they're all fine. But what a great story to tell. I am amazed that this story got greenlit for the theming for this ride. So it's themed after Song of the South, which is an incredibly racially insensitive movie. These are just kind of a couple animated parts of this movie. Disney will not even release this in the United States. So I have no idea. It definitely would not happen today if Tony Baxter had this idea, said, hey, I want to make a ride uh, you know, themed after Song of the South. This would, no way this would go through, but it did then. I'm kind of happy it did because it brought us Splash Mountain, but in another way, man, I kind of wish they just went with another IP that maybe you could more get into. And I think this ride may be headed 
for a retheming because of it. I don't see Disney keeping Br'er Fox, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear. These are basically ideas and characters they can't make any money off of because they can't sell the movie. So I definitely think this is going to be rethemed. Maybe another Disney movie coming out or one in the past like Pocahontas or something that deals with, you know, forests and, and topics like that. But we will see. Now, as far as the screamer meter, I'm going to give this a three. Besides the hill, there's a couple other small hills before the big 50-foot drop. But besides that, it's not a very scary ride as far as theming. I just think it tells a very good story that kids can enjoy. So if your kids are even moderately into any sort of thrill ride, definitely bring them on this. If you don't want to get wet, definitely wear a poncho. But if it's one of those 100-degree days, hey, go for it. Sit in the front. It's where you get the wettest. I think you guys will like it. Now imagine with me for a second, it is 1975 and you are standing in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. Now there are bell bottoms and mustaches everywhere. And there is a 200 piece marching band playing. You are getting bombarded by the sun in the Florida heat. There are NASA astronauts up on stage, Gordon Cooper and John Glenn. And they are telling you about the world's first computer-operated roller coaster. They were convinced by the success of the Matterhorn that it was a great idea to build this coaster. And they did it. And they send you blaring through space in this dark roller coaster. Now, you only go 28 miles an hour, but boy, do you feel like you're going faster as you twist and turn through the cosmos. That's right. I am talking about Space Mountain. Began construction in 73, finished in 75. WED did partner with Aero Development, and they made a timeless coaster that thrills people to this day. I cannot make a list of the top five thrill rides in all of Disney without having Space Mountain in there. It is a classic. If you guys haven't gone on it because you're afraid of, you know, a thrill ride, man, even if you do get scared, it's worth it for the experience and enjoying this classic attraction. See you real soon. <laughs> and that'll do it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. My goal was kind of to inspire somebody maybe to try a ride that they otherwise wouldn't because maybe they're too scared to get them to realize there's some incredible theming and stories to be told along with the thrills. It's not all about that, right? And hey, maybe you get scared for a little bit, and but it's worth it to, hear, to, to experience that story. But I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you did, please tell a friend. Get the word out there. It, it's We're building this great community reaching a ton of people and thank you so much for the messages i really appreciate it and remember guys have a magical day